Hey everyone, Robin Papworth from Play Move Improve. Today I have the amazing Christy from Early Childhood Expectations on our podcast. Listen to the interview of, of Christy's expertise in early childhood education and how her business has had to change during this social isolation pandemic. Hey Christy, how are you going? Really good actually. Um, there's been yeah a lot of positive things to come out of what's happening around us at the moment and, and I'm feeling kind of maybe oddly a bit calm at the moment. Oh, well, that's good. We'll, uh, we'll go with the calm. Love it. Yeah. So the first question I have for you, obviously we were in contact before the pandemic, so times have changed a lot. How have you managed with your business since social isolation? Um, it hasn't been great, to be honest. Um, it was probably good that at the moment I'm also doing a little bit of a project with the Mountain City Council where they're supporting local businesses. So I think without that, um, yeah, it might have been problematic and I probably might have pushed things to the side and went, oh, that's all too, a bit too hard at the moment. So obviously I had all workshops planned. I had taken some bookings. I'd started a program with a group of um, clients, educators, and when the pandemic um, came upon us, all council buildings were closed, um, that the workshops had to be stopped and that, you know, we couldn't have that face-to-face -face contact. And I wasn't really in a position where I had you know, set up all this online opportunities for teaching and learning. So that was a really um, huge learning curve. And I had to, yeah, throw myself into what, what is Zoom? What does that look like? You know, can I do a podcast? Can I do telephone conversations? How am I going to make this work? Um, Absolutely. And because what, in, what inspired you to start up early childhood expectations? Where'd that come from? Yeah, it, it came from, you know, a, a long history, obviously, working in early childhood. So I've been in the industry for, you know, the profession, I should say, um, for 30 years. And I always looked for professional development. And there never was really much in the western suburbs. Um, so there was always um, a lot of things on the other side of town, on the other side of the bridge, uh, and they would always be at 5.30 or 6 o'clock and just impossible to get to after, you know, working all day. So um, that's where the, the real desire came from, to provide something um, in the western suburbs. Because I know that educators may not be able to come to your sessions at the moment, but what types of topics do you provide for educators? Yeah, so this year we had planned to do um, a couple of sessions on autism, um, so supporting families and children that had recently been diagnosed um, with autism in their family and that was I was actually subcontracting that out to a specialist in that area. Um, I was running a brain gym session and we've got a starting school one planned for in term three. There was also one on um, programming. Um, mostly what what my, I do is support those beginning teachers. So working through that first couple of years and moving into that full registration place it's more of a holistic um, approach to supporting them rather than giving them isolated little bits to get them to, to commit to coming to you know three sessions and in that time we can cover you know a wide variety of topics because it's such a complex profession that we work Absolutely. in <laughs> it's hard to just go okay we're just going to focus on play today or we're just going to focus on learning because everything's so interwoven that you find yourself branching off. And I think if that happens, that's a good thing because that's that's the hotspot then. That's what people are interested in and want to know about. 
Absolutely. And do you feel, what, do, what are educators feeling they need the most right now? Like, do you feel that some of your programs may change into what they need right now? Yeah, I think we're really going to have to um, look at stripping things right back to supporting people with, you know, that emotional support and, and how are they going to support the children and families after this pandemic, you know, has been and gone, hopefully. That's what we're all hoping. But, you know, I've been talking with my colleagues at work and we feel like when we do come back, it's going to be like the start of the year, but the calendar says it's the start of the year. So we need yeah, to absolutely. yeah, right back to looking at, well, how do we support these children that, you know, are going to be feeling, you know, maybe a bit anxious about coming back, anxious about being away from their families because they've spent so much time together. Um, we're going to be really focusing, I think, on that attachment theory and, and supporting children to separate from families. Brothers and sisters, they've, you know, spent so much time together that they're going to be a bit sad, I think. I don't know, maybe some families will be happy, but... <laughs> we'll be happy. <laughs> we'll be happy, but I think, I think that, you know, there'll be a really strong connection there that it'll be different. And then they'll be, yeah. be really careful not to have a mad panic and rush. That, oh, my gosh, we've got six months. These children are, you know, I work with kinder-age children, so, you know, these children are going to school. Quick, 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 let's get them ready. You know, where it... Mm. it, it that's going to be a bit scary. We can't, you know, we've got to avoid trying to fall into that trap and finding us ourselves in that position. Trying to rush them. Yeah. Give them time and give them space. And, you know, I'm sure that teachers are all in the same position. They'll have to be ready for these children as well. So we, we're, that's the other thing. The transition to school is probably going to be more about um educators and teachers working really closely together about how are we going to support the children moving into school with very short maybe time in a kindergarten or care setting before they go. Yeah absolutely because I think the, well, the hard thing is they don't get their kinder year again especially for those children who are in their older half of the year. Yeah and like yeah. We, we you know all your goals normally for, for term two are around relationships around social interactions, building friendships, learning about how to be in a community, working together. That's very difficult to learn that at home online. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't replace that really. We can't replace that. And no amount of me videoing myself reading a story is going to, you know, re replace those rich opportunities that children get when they're with their peers. Um, in a early childhood service. Oh, well, let's hope that it's over soon. What are the, some of the positives that you found the sector, have, well, the early learning sector has sort of felt during this pandemic? Have they learnt anything that could improve what we do? Um, I, I suppose it's really, it's a reminder of how resilient everyone is. Absolutely. <laughs> and reminds us that we are really here, our, our first and foremost, um, commitment is to children. So, you know, how are children having a voice in this? How are children feeling in this? How can we support children in this? So though the positive is that, you know, reassurance that what we do is amazing and how we help children is amazing. Um, the relationships that we've already built um, in, the, in the first part of the year have just now 
you know, the shift has just been into that, you know, the telephone and the the emails and the online documentation platforms that people are using now. Um, but it's still it's still there. If you've put the hard work in at the start, the relationship's still there. And do you feel like maybe this pandemic has given some of those educators IT skills that they've never had to dabble into before? Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, you probably, I mean, your teachers generally, you know, would be fairly used to using all those things, but maybe your co-educators might not spend a lot of time, um, you know, on, on the laptop or checking emails or logging into things. So, yeah, we're getting, we're, we're getting quite comfortable now with, you know, having a Zoom meeting and, and engaging in that type of way we communicate with people and even online webinars, um, learning about new things. I think, you know, I, I looked in my diary before and I think I've booked myself into three during the week. Oh, fantastic <laughs> though. That's awesome. You know, even the Department of Education offering, you know, the mandatory reporting training and the, the COVID-19 training. So, yeah, I think definitely it's been an opportunity for those educators that haven't challenged themselves in that space of IT to really step out of their comfort zone, you know, to learn about how to get the photos from the camera to the iPad and then from the iPad to the to the family and, and the child. So that's, that's good. It's, sort of, it's, it's a thing that the kids usually teach us, I suppose. Now we can work it out. Yeah, that's, that's definitely. I think we've just realised, you know, realisation is that we just need to stay calm just breathe one step at a time, you know, getting getting upset and getting agitated about things out of our control don't help anybody. What other tips could you give for educators who are feeling that stress and that overwhelm at the moment? Yeah, look, I think, you know, you, know, you did ask me before for today to think about those three things, you know, that, that might be beneficial. And I, I think the first one I wrote down without even thinking was just breathe. Go down and just, you know, don't react straight away. Just, um, you know, take time to think about what's happening. You know, we do that when we work with children. We ask them a question and we just, we stop, don't we? We've got to stop and wait for them to process it. We need to remember to do that as grown-ups as well. And we need to stop, really listen to the information or the question or the information, um, you know, that's been either, you know, said to us or we've read online and then just breathe for a minute before we respond. Love so it. We can think about that. I think that's really important for, for educators. And, and, and alongside that sits, you only get your information from trusted resources. Yes. Try to, try to block out all the noise and, and try not to compare yourself to the service down the road or the person on Facebook that's sitting up for 24 hours, you know, developing a resource to, to send home to a family. That might not work for you and it might not work for your service. So, you know, make sure that you put it into context and stay true to yourself and stay true to your own philosophy and your own pedagogy and how you work with children and, and try not to yeah, compare yourself and, and let all that other noise in. Be kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're sort of put more pressure on ourselves than children. We're in this stressful situation. We're really in a similar boat. Our, we can't think as strongly as we usually would be able to. So it's important to give ourselves the, the compassion that we would give our kids for sure. Yeah. And, and there are so many great resources out there. There's so many things people are sharing. Like, I mean, I, I know that social media can be um, volatile sometimes and it can be you know not a nice place but 
I, I love it and I love being on there and being connected to people and, and having access to so many things and so many resources. You know, everybody's sharing amazing things, you know, from the librarians reading stories to, you know, a, a, an activity or an experience you could do with your child or, you know, um, fitness things are going crazy, you know. We've got kids <laughs> somber and kids fit and, you know, make an obstacle course in the backyard and, you know, it's just amazing. There's just an abundance of wonderful things that we can do. Do you feel like sometimes it's just letting educators know that it's out there and know that if they just achieve one fun thing in their day they've they've done something amazing yeah I think so and and you know breaking things down because often we see this problem as really huge and it's overwhelming so just to, to stop and, and break things down you know how long would you have a child at, at kinder four maybe it might be five hours maybe it might be seven hours what would that child do in that seven hours you can probably take out an hour just for you know, eating, <laughs> yes. walking around the yard outside and, and seeing if the flowers have grown or watering the plants. They're things you can do at home as well. So breaking things down and I think educators might feel like they have to give families and, you know, seven hours worth of content for online mm. learning at home. But maybe it's it's not seven hours of content. It's just a couple of reminders of, of you know, the fact that your child is learning all the time, every moment of the day. And the most important thing might be just to read a story every day. Absolutely. It's taking it back to the basics, really. I think sometimes educators feel they have to provide so much to make families sort of feel that they're doing their job. We're really just connecting with their kids. They're doing their job. Just saying good morning is a connection. Yes. I agree. So maybe it's about reassuring educators, just reassuring parents. And, and, you know, maybe connecting the dots. Maybe we don't always see the learning, like it, as educators and teachers, we, we see the learning because that's what we've been programmed to do. <laughs> as a parent, sometimes you don't see the learning. You don't see that by asking your child to put the fruit in the fruit bowl and then count how many apples there are, that that's a really important math skill. You don't need to sit down and, you know, get them to write the alphabet out three times. For it to be learning just and a bonus just a bonus question i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit sorry <laughs> what do you feel families could really tap into as say three resources in their home so you mentioned a book if they could read a book is there any other resources that you find as in early childhood that you carry around the most or would use the most that families could even if they did that it's, yeah. it's an achievement i think um yeah reading a book every day you know the research says you know, how valuable that is for children's language and literacy development, ability to tell stories, ability, they need to hear words and, you know, in, in tone and different voices for them to then develop their own creativity. So I think books are just amazing. And I know that the libraries are shut at the moment, but we do have access online. You, there are a few of those um, communities that have set up, you know, you can go and borrow a book. Um, the other thing that I think of, is a wonderful thing is music, you know, so you can always put some music on, just dance around, just be silly, just be slow and quiet and be loud and fast and, and you know, TikTok is an amazing thing. I'm sure most families are <laughs> tapping into TikTok at the moment. So, you know, just make, make up some videos and watch yourself back and, you know, music, music makes you feel good. So music's always good to have around.
Um, and just at the service I'm at at the moment, we have quite a, a big focus on art and creativity. So I think even just if you've got a bit of paper and a pencil or some textures and, you know, just let children draw freely and give them a couple of little prompts. Maybe they can draw a picture of their family today or they can draw a picture of, you know, their favourite playground or just of the beach. Children love drawing about the beach and outside and, and from that picture, you can start to tell a story and, you know, parents can scribe to that story and, you know, there's your literacy again, you know, from that simple drawing that you've done with your child. Now, I know you said three things, didn't you? But I'm also thinking, you know, just go outside. Yes, the basics. You do all those things outside anyway, I suppose, but... No, have a look around your yard. It's a beautiful time of the year. There's so many leaves on the ground and it's autumn. You can talk about spring, you know, coming after winter and oh, it's going to get colder and why are the leaves changing colour and why do you think they fall from the tree? And maybe it's about educators, you know, getting back to that big that question about how can educators support families. Maybe it's just those couple of questions. It's interesting how, as an educator, you straight away go to let's go outdoors and then it becomes science because we're looking at the seasons and we're looking at the colours of the leaves. Like that's a gift that if educators could just sprout that into families because that's not our gift, you know, I'm not an educator. I don't look at those things. It's those little pockets of information that can really make a parent's day more than a formal learning pack. Yeah, it's, I know, it's just about how you talk to children, I think, isn't it? And, you know, it's not about talking at children, it's about talking to children. You know, they are quite capable and, and they are confident in their learning. So just giving them that opportunity to, to be, be capable um, opens up so many doors and, and trust that, this is a big, a big thing for me, is trust that something will happen. You don't have to plan everything. You just don't know what's going to happen, but something always does. So it's using those opportunities to, to build on that. You know, you don't know if you're going to find a caterpillar in the tree. You don't know if you're going to see a snail trail on the on the footpath outside. You just don't know, but it's about noticing those things and then going, oh, what's that? What, why is that, you know, glistening in the, in the sun there on the concrete? Who do you think did that, you know? And if they, they might say, oh, I think it was a snail or you might say, oh, I'm thinking it might be a snail. So they're just opening up those conversations. And, and you can only do that when you slow down. Absolutely. And it takes you sort of back to that first thing where you said to breathe. I think kids are the best at teaching us how to be in the moment and how to, because we need to breathe and, and slow down even more so when we're feeling anxious or, or worried. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just, I think, you know, we talk about positives of this, that one of them will be those relationships that families and children have built because it all comes back to relationships. It all comes back to just spending time together. And, and I think a lot of people have realised that, you know, we were rushing around like, like you know, I don't know what. <laughs> like we were just trying to pack so much into our day that there was no time for that, you know. And you might get to Sunday and go, oh, okay, what do, you know, let's just. But that's important every day for children. You know, every day they need some time just to, to be. I love it. Well, Christy, I really appreciate your time, especially on the weekend when you're a busy lady. I, it's been amazing. 
and the passion that you give for learning is it's contagious so thank you please keep sharing your tips and your love online how can people find you how can they find christy and early childhood expectations uh, you can we have a facebook page and we have a website when we have instagram if you Follow us on Instagram. You can um, have a look in our bio and there's links there to all our other socials. It's also on LinkedIn, so jump on there. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure you'll find us and we'll look forward to um, seeing you in that social media space and connecting. And it's been awesome talking to you. I feel like I could just sit here all afternoon, just nick <laughs> off a glass of wine and just sit here for another hour chatting. <laughs> about Why not? <laughs> we, can, we can do it again. We can do it again. Um, it's been amazing but yeah so I'll put um, your details in the show notes so when people see the podcast they can go to the show notes and find out how to contact you and ask you any questions and please send our love to all of your educators we are thinking of them it's a really tricky time and, and thanks again for this amazing chat I really appreciate it thanks Robin take care you too <laughs> what did you think of that amazing Thank you for tuning in to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. If you have any questions for Christy, be sure to get in contact. We look forward to hearing from you in the comments or feedback section. Have a fantastic day. Take care. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.